0: Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast Climbing in Heels is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist.
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey,
0: BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. July and August mark the high season for Lyme disease. If you're in an area of the United States where Lyme is inclined to fester, that being the Mid-Atlantic and Northeastern regions of the country mainly, but it has been spreading – This time of year might make you a little nervous about being outdoors in woodsy, grassy, or leafy areas where you might encounter ticks carrying the disease. According to the United States Centers for Disease Control, the number of confirmed cases of Lyme disease here more than doubled from 1997 through 2017, the most recent year of data, and cases increased 17% between 2016 and 2017 alone. While cases used to be mostly isolated to the Northeast, now the CDC considers half the counties in the United States high risk for Lyme disease. Lyme disease, first identified in the U.S. in the 1970s, isn't particularly mysterious or anywhere close to untreatable, despite the horror stories that you may have heard. I mean, Lyme disease should not be taken lightly. If you think you might have it, you do need to see a doctor. And the sooner the better, as with most illnesses— By some estimates, somewhere around 300,000 possible cases of it are diagnosed every year. But the vast majority of those cases are handled with a simple round of oral antibiotics. If caught early especially, people recover quickly and completely. Okay, but let's back up a step. What is Lyme disease? Lyme disease is an infection caused by the bacterium Borrelia burgdorferi, which is transmitted through those tiny, bitey, black-legged ticks. You can't transmit Lyme disease through sexual contact or kissing or holding hands with a person who's been infected, and nor can you pass it through breast milk. Lyme disease is often characterized by symptoms like fatigue, headache, fever, and most tellingly, an expanding skin rash that's called erythema migrans and normally looks circular with a bullseye in the middle. The rash usually pops up anywhere from 3 to 30 days after a tick bite, the average time being about a week. Given the chance, ticks will latch onto you and feed on your blood during the late spring and summer months, They often latch in hard-to-see places, like in the hair of your scalp, in your armpits, or your crotch. Ticks normally have to be attached for 36 to 48 hours, or even longer, in order to transmit the bacteria, which is why it's a good idea to check yourself immediately and thoroughly when you've been in areas where ticks hang out. If Lyme disease goes untreated and gets into later stages—weeks to months or even more after the bite— It can cause things like temporary facial paralysis or severe swelling and arthritis in joints. It's more rare to experience heart palpitations, which happen when the bacteria invades the heart. This occurs in just about 1% of reported cases of Lyme disease. Other severe symptoms are possible. But still, even then, treatment is generally very effective. The problem with diagnosing Lyme disease is that it involves symptoms that are common to many other illnesses. I mean, headache, fever, fatigue, soreness, that could be anything. The key to diagnosis is often the rash, which occurs in up to 90% of Lyme disease cases. If you see that after a bite, or if you come down with that or other symptoms after hanging out where ticks may live, talk to a medical professional so that they can make an informed diagnosis. Blood tests may be helpful, though they can also be tricky, and in some circles, controversial, too. It takes a while for humans to produce the antibodies that are measured by a blood test, so if you're tested too soon, you might get a negative result, even if you are infected. And the first test sometimes can come up false positive, too. That's why experts like the CDC call for a two-tiered test to confirm diagnosis— If the first test is positive, doctors sometimes will call for a different type of test, a Western blot test, which can identify specific classes of the antibody that your body is producing. It's important to note here that some patient advocate groups aren't very trusting of the tests or the guidelines on how Lyme disease should be treated. Before the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke with Philip Baker, the executive director of the American Lyme Disease Foundation. Baker previously spent more than 30 years as a research scientist at the National Institutes of Health, many of them involved with Lyme disease. He said, There's so much misinformation out there. That's why I do what I do. You can't go by symptoms alone to diagnose Lyme disease. There are at least 250 or 260 different medical conditions that have symptoms that are almost what people see with Lyme disease. What you need are reliable, objective laboratory tests to make the diagnosis. The tests for Lyme disease are very good, very reliable tests. Once a positive diagnosis is made for Lyme disease, treatment is relatively simple and straightforward, usually involving an oral antibiotic for 14 to 21 days. Relief from symptoms often comes within days of starting treatment. Late-stage Lyme disease, defined as weeks, months, or years after the bite, may call for intravenous antibiotics. These treatments do the trick for most people, though if Lyme disease isn't caught until the late stages, it can do lasting damage. Some affected patients report continuing symptoms even after treatment, what's sometimes called chronic Lyme disease. This is the most debated topic in the Lyme disease community. Most experts and studies don't recognize a chronic form of the disease. The antibiotics, they say, rid the body of the infection. They believe that continuing symptoms, what's known as post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome, are the result of an autoimmune response that lasts after the infection is gone. Despite these varying views, the key point here is that Lyme disease, especially if caught early, is eminently treatable, and a large part of that depends on the awareness of a person who may be infected. So look out for those symptoms if you suspect you've had exposure to ticks. The best way to deal with Lyme disease, of course, is to not get it in the first place, Avoid ticks by staying away from especially woody or leafy spots in the late spring or summer. If you live in a tick heavy area or an area of the country known for Lyme disease, be especially aware. When outdoors in such areas, use bug repellents like DEET and treat your clothes and footwear with the insecticide permethrin. Though technically deer ticks are arachnids, not insects, but it works on them too. Once you come indoors, check your clothes and footwear so that you're not carrying ticks into the house. And shower as soon as you can after exposure to ticks and check all over your body. and Check the kids and pets too. If you do find one, here's how to remove it. A snag it as close to the skin as you can with a pair of your best skinny tweezers and pull slowly straight out. Don't twist. If a piece of the bug stays in the skin, don't mess with it too much. The area could become infected. Wash the area with soap and water or rubbing alcohol and the skin should push it out on its own. The CDC suggests that you dispose of a live tick by putting it in alcohol, placing it in a sealed bag, wrapping it tightly in tape, or flushing it down the toilet. Remember, it generally takes at least 36 hours for a latched tick to transmit the bacterium to you. If you catch a tick before it gets too settled, you can nip Lyme disease in the bud. Today's episode is based on the article Getting a Grip on Lyme Disease on HowStuffWorks.com, written by John Donovan. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang and Ramsey Young. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.